Hi, everybody. Welcome to Don't Ignore the Nudge. This is the place where you get to hear extraordinary stories of ordinary people and how God has nudged them to either do something or not do something in their life and what happened because of it. My name is Corey Freeman, and I just wanted to get these stories out there. I hope you enjoy them as much as I do. So let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Don't Ignore the Nudge. If you are listening, then you won't know this. But if you are watching, you're going to realize, wait a second, Corey's wearing the same outfit, her hair is the same, and everything looks the same. And that reason is, is because when I got off the episode with Lori Vober, we started talking afterwards like, oh, yeah, I liked the episode and oh, yeah, it went well. And yeah, I was really happy. And then I asked her a couple questions that we didn't, you know, I wasn't sure if it was okay to go into. And she said, oh, yeah, you know, I'm an open book. I'm very transparent and everything. So we decided or I decided asked her, she didn't mind that we could do a little bit of a short part, too. So to go over a few things that she didn't get a chance to cover. So Lori is still here. (laughs) So one of the things I asked her was, I'll ask you a few questions, but I guess I should ask them like, you know, like interview style, but I'll see where it goes. But one of the questions I asked you was how your functionality is now. If you did not listen to the last episode, you'll want to listen to the complete episode to find out all the things that Lori's been through. But one of the main things that she's been through is going through having a stroke and that recovery. She is a stroke survivor. She's, you know, now on the other end of it. And after we got off, I said, so Lori, I don't know if you wanted to go into it or not, but how are you doing today? Like now all these, you know, this time later, how are you today? So I will let you re-answer that question. Thank you, Corey. I'm doing really well. Uh, To answer your question, my right hand is more of a, my left hand is actually more of an active assist to my right hand. So I have good functionality of my left arm and it moves now, but my left hand is more an active assist to my right hand. So not fully functional as we were talking about what I could actually do. I have a special cutting board so I can cook and I can clean, I can drive, do a lot of the normal things, things I can't do, can't put my hair up in a ponytail, can't tie my shoes two-handed, but I can tie them especially one-handed. So there are a lot of things I can do. I just do them adaptive. But the one thing that we didn't cover is we were trying to start a family prior to my stroke, and that was not successful. However, I threw myself into therapy for the first seven years after my stroke. And in 2010, we decided we were at a crossroads and trying to decide what we wanted to do. And we had always been very active supporting Compassion International. So kids had always been a very important part of our lives and supporting kids had always been a part of our lives. And uh, we really, really wanted to be parents But between the stroke, the disability, the epilepsy, um, we were quite concerned about taking on our own biological children and my health and uh, how that would work. So we decided to dive into adoption. 
So my husband and I were both only children. So we got this grand idea that siblings would be a great idea, not knowing anything about siblings. Uh, So we decided in 2011 to adopt a sibling group of three from Columbia, South America. Oh my goodness. We became adopted parents of a six, eight and 10 year old from Columbia, South America oh my in goodness. 2011. Now, are so, how, what ages? They were six, oh, eight, and 10. Yep. Six, eight, and 10. Okay, no, I, I meant to say, <laughs> that's how my brain works. I'm like picturing the kids. I'm meant to say boys or girls. Yes. So it was one boy, two girls. So oh my goodness. our son was six and our two daughters were eight and 10. And uh, welcome to parenting. Yes. So I say we we adopted with love blinders on and it's been a journey of blessings and challenges along the way. Just like if you had your own biological. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So it has been a journey, but they are now 21, 20 and 18. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. It has been a journey, but I tell you what, you know, God's given me the ability to be a mom and I'm thankful for that. Yeah. has given them a forever family. They may or may not have had, and I'm thankful for that. And the girls are now on their own as adults living on their own. And our son is now in his senior year of high school, still here at home. And we take it one day at a time. And again, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be the mom. And, you know, God gives us what we need to take it one day at a time. Yeah. I just appreciate the opportunity and I appreciate the experience and we've learned a lot along the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. You learn so much. And right when you think you've got it down pat, hello. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's like, and all three of our kids are very different. We have a girl and two boys. Okay. And so, but I did not get them all in one day at the ages of six, eight, and 10. So it's like, you always get like one and then you're like, okay, I can have two. Okay. And then three are like, oh, this one is out of the box thinking. I got to get more creative in my thinking here. And then you know, a lot more time to prepare than one day, all three. And uh, siblings don't act the way we thought siblings were going to act, you know, because oh, yeah. we're only children. We had this idea of being alone all our lives, what siblings would be like, and that's not accurate. So, you know, <laughs> grass is always greener on the other side. I know. We have learned a lot, let me tell you. But yeah. Uh, and then as far as like what you do, like when you do go out and do your speaking, going back to your functionality, are you going to have to have people like almost like a ground support go with you? Or will you be able to, do you travel on your own or do you need assistance in any way? Or That's, I guess, to be determined. At okay. this point, we just went to our first speaker conference and traveled and my husband came with me. So, you know, we are in a big learning curve right now. I say sometimes jokingly that I feel like I'm the Energizer Bunny on steroids. I tend to drive my family completely insane with my energy level. (laughs) I am incredibly grateful to God that he's given me this because I think I have recovered the way I have because of my energy level and my perseverance and my attitude and, and the way I attack things. 
So although I drive my family crazy with the way I do attack things and it's been hard in some aspects, I'm grateful because I think my recovery has from my stroke has been the way it has been because of that. Mm -hmm. It's also been difficult with my independence and it Mm -hmm. has been like this from the time of my stroke to deal with my independence. Mm -hmm. My mom and my husband are very much alike in the fact that they're much more introverted. My dad and I are very much more extroverted. So my dad and I get it. And my husband is wonderful though in the fact that he just understands that this is who I am. He supports me and he knows he can't change me. So he's just coming along for the ride and doing the best he can to support me the best he can. So um, as speaking opportunities come up, I think right now I love virtual opportunities because it permits me the opportunity to share my story and be independent on my own. And local opportunities are fabulous fabulous also because I can do those independently. Oh, yeah. And as other opportunities come up, we'll just see when yeah. what that looks like. And, and what's interesting is, you know, people say, oh, opposites attract. And really, yes, they do. But most people don't realize usually opposite temperaments mm-hmm. attract. So my husband's an introvert. I'm an extrovert. My friend, her husband's an introvert. She's an, you know, like other ones, it's the opposite. But that's what the opposite is. It's not like this one is this way. And, you know, usually it's usually primarily temperament. And then also, I always try to go where God leads. And it's not, it's just a gentle nudge. I just got just now (laughs) to ask you a couple of things like, ask her this. And I'm like, okay, so we're going to go there. What I'd like you to do, if you're open to it, is two things. One is I'd like you, if there's somebody listening that is like my two friends right now that recently had a stroke and they're both in rehab, okay? And I might just happen to tell them about this episode because I don't know if they listen to it or not. I might have to say, hey, there's a great episode. But if you could speak to somebody, you know, right soon after they had their stroke, if you could speak, number one, to them and give them what you've learned, encouragement, what you wish you would have known, what you'd like them to concentrate on or know, any kind of encouragement or tips or tricks or just insight that you've gained. And then number two is... If we have somebody on here that has newly adopted and did not have children and adopted children in general, but especially older children or a family group, just word of encouragement, what you've learned, what you wish you would have known kind of thing. So if you are you open to sharing those two things? Sure. Okay, great. So stroke wise, God protected me immensely emotionally for the stroke by helping me persevere on a physical level. So I was able to recover a lot and I believe be protected a lot by looking at things from a rehab level and really persevering, continually working hard to get better. And I think by maintaining that physical aspect and just working really hard day in and day out, on a routine basis on my exercises and having that concentration level of if I rehab hard enough, I will get better 
helped protect me emotionally. And it's very easy to get overwhelmed, I know. And I know, you know, mental health and emotional health is skyrocketed these days. So my one piece of advice that helped me was because I'm very driven physically anyway, that's just the one thing that helped me was to maintain a physical structure and a physical program uh-huh. is to continue being in a rehab program. So if you- did you ever go into anger, like resentment or why me at all? No, not so much. Or is it more of a sadness? I think it was a sadness and it was more of a, I had a harder time with the seizures Mm. than stroke because I couldn't control the seizures. Mm. I had a very hard time with the seizures and the stroke and not why me as much as a sadness of why are we in this situation when a lot of our friends started having children and started having the life that we wanted to have. And I was in rehab and I was was trying to get better. That's when things became emotionally difficult for us. Oh, yeah. Because we were, you know, they started having the life that we were planning to have. Mm -hmm. And here I was fighting for my life, fighting to have control over seizures, fighting to get my mobility back when all of our friends started to have families and At that point, we were just getting started in Arizona, just starting to try and find our friend group again. We'd given up all our friends in Minnesota. So there was a lot. So I'd say my other piece of advice is try and find a good group of friends that understand you from the inside. And there are a lot of friends that will come around you But there are a lot of people that may not really understand unless they've been on a medical journey or a stroke journey that really understand. And if that means you going to get help from a counselor, go get help from a counselor. If that means depending on your therapist for help, depend on your therapist for help. My therapists were there for me physically, but they were also there for me socially and they were also there for me emotionally. They were there for me that first couple of years and every aspect. So whatever it takes to get you through this time, just because you have friends and family doesn't mean you're getting what you need. So get whatever you need to feel fulfilled because we can be surrounded by people and still not get what we need. And that's why I'm so adamant right now about pouring into people, especially at the cancer center, because I remember how lonely it is. You can be surrounded by people, but still not feel connected and supported. So just don't feel bad about being surrounded by family and friends and still not feel like you're getting what you need. Get what you need from whatever it takes. So that's That's great advice. As far as the adoption, oh man, you don't know what you don't know till you don't know it. That's a great book title right there. (laughs) (laughs) And boy, were we not prepared. I mean, we literally jumped in with love blinders on because we just wanted a family. We wanted to love some kiddos and we were not prepared at all. Get respite help. We had my parents and we had no one else 
and we had no one we could depend on. It was a very lonely journey. Adoption is a very lonely journey because no one understands. People understand parenting. People do not understand adoption parenting. Mm. People definitely do not understand older adoption parenting. Mm-hmm. Teachers do not understand older adoption parenting. Um. So unfortunately, I don't want, I'm not trying to be down about it. I just honestly, it's a lonely journey. Mm -hmm. It's like medical. I've had two double whammies, medical and adoption. Both are lonely journeys. And you need to find your tribe, you know, find your tribe and depend on them with a lifeline. So find respite when you can find it, hold on to your marriage. Like there's no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Your kids will try and break you up. Any kids, Um, like the divide and conquer. (laughs) You have to be a team. (laughs) But those kids will try and divide you. And because they've only known trauma and abandonment their entire life. And so they don't know anything else. They're hurt. They don't know love. And so they... Thank God they had you, though. Because you able to pour into them. Yes. So find help where you can. And if you need counseling, again, go get help where you can. And so find your tribe. Again, there's so many things we did wrong. Oh my goodness. So many things we did wrong that I'm looking back now. I wish I had done differently. Well, that would be your next book after that. Next book. (laughs) Yeah. You said, wait a second. You said in the previous episode that you know, choices, the book is done. And then the rough draft of the second or whatever book it is, is done. So that means right now you just can start writing this one. Exactly. You you can have your, each of your children, they're old enough that you can, a friend of mine did this with a breast cancer book that she wrote. She was actually a guest. Her name's Pam Espinoza. If you guys want to listen to the episode, but Pam is a breast cancer survivor and she wrote a book And she actually in the book has pages, I don't know if it was a full chapter, but I think it was a chapter of people and their perspective. So from her children's point of view, her husband's point of view, like what he felt, what he was going through, what he was worried about, his concerns, you know, where he felt maybe a child wasn't nearby and felt very much like out of the loop. And then another child felt very nervous about losing the mom. I mean, it was like, it was really interesting. So how great would that be now that your kids are older to ask each of them to write a chapter? You know, like when I was this, this is how I felt at this age. And this is what I've learned now. And if I had to do it over again, what would I do differently? Or what advice would you give to a family that's, you know, whatever it'd be your perspective for, you know, parents and then their perspective from the other side. And oh man. Right. Next book. <laughs> Next book. <laughs> You're like, Corey, I didn't ask for business coaching today. <laughs> I appreciate the encouragement. That sounds great. <laughs> oh, I know. I don't, I don't know if you listened to the episode, but Lisa Rose, it was a recent guest and she wrote a book called when, as the towers fell or when the towers fell, I would say it wrong. But it's all about 9-11 and she lived in the area and there, I mean, it was like she was on at ground zero and it was so funny because in the interview, we talked about, she had written that book and she was also sharing that she had lost her child as, you know, as an adult. And so I had said, oh, something about writing a book. 
And after the episode was over, she said, oh my gosh, like God's confirming because she was having it on her heart to write that all these things are happening that confirm, okay, I need to get going on this, you know? (laughs) So anyway, I was like, oh, okay. So she said that it really kind of, you know, nudged her. (laughs) So Anyway, well, I will uh, let you get back to your day. I'm glad you jumped back on. Like I said, it's been a blessing and I hope that you, you know, have a wonderful day and weekend. And so thank you. sounds like you're just blessing a lot of people. So I appreciate that on behalf of all the people you're blessing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, thank you again for the opportunity. I so much appreciate it. Oh, sure. Okay. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Okay. And I'll, until next time again. We'll do it brown too. You can't be blessed enough. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. (laughs) Bye-bye.